You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 122. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who has helped thousands of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months and then on to six- and seven-figure years without burning out in the process. Now, I often get asked, Ange, if I build a membership model into my business, is this the fastest way to make money? I get asked this question all the time. My response, first of all, there is no fastest way to make money. It's all about building the foundations of your business, the key pillars. Without these key pillars, your business will structurally be there, but would it take much to crumble? Now, in regards to my response about membership models, here's the thing. There are so many variables a business must consider when looking at building a membership model into their business. For example, product validation. Is there a need for it? Is there not a need for it? Looking at your audience and so much more. And because the membership model has so many variables that need to be considered, I wanted to bring on the podcast today, membership legend himself, Ryan from the Membership Mastery. In this episode, we're going to talk about things such as, but not limited to, what is a membership model? What type of businesses could set up a membership model? What are the benefits of setting up a membership model? Before businesses jump into the membership model, what are some of the things that we should consider beforehand to assess if this model is right for those businesses? And we've got so much more goodness to talk about. But before we hop on today's episode, I'd like to remind you that this episode is sponsored by the Women in Business Success Summit. 50 plus women speakers, 50 plus masterclasses, all for $50. That's right. That is correct. You see, I've been working behind the scenes to bring together 50 plus leading women in business to create the Women in Business Success Summit. The Women in Business Success Summit will connect you with 50 plus hand-picked speakers from diverse backgrounds, all business experts in their own right mind. They will uh, share their go-to tools, resources, and strategies that they have used themselves, giving you everything you need to move your business forward. And you get access to all 50 plus presentations for the amazing price of $50 per ticket that works out to less than $1 per presentation. Now, you might be saying, well, Ange, why are you doing it? My thing is, is women in business fail more than men do. Stats tell us this. And I wanted to create something that women have the availability and the accessibility to get the tools, community, and resources they need to move their business forward. And that's why the Women in Business Success Summit has been created. To secure your ticket and be able to access 50 plus amazing presentations for just $50, simply head to AngelaHenderson.com.au backslash summit. Again, that link is AngelaHenderson.com.au backslash summit. Now let's get into this amazing episode all about memberships. Welcome to the show, Rye. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited now. I was saying before we press record, it's one of those things when you're, you know, juggling you know, a variety of things. Ryan and I have been trying to record this podcast for about two and a half months. My daughter got sick. He had a doctor's appointment. Something else happened. I think you were moving house and didn't have internet. <laughs> and yeah. so tonight at time of recording, my littlest one, Chloe, was in the bathroom saying she was going to puke. And I just looked at my husband. I was like, 
you're going to have to be on puke duty if this happens because Ryan, I can't cancel again. So we finally made it, Ryan. We are live. We are here. And I'm super excited to be talking to you today about how to start and grow a profitable membership. But before we do, again, another thing we were talking about, and I talk about this regularly, is just networks. And again, your network equals your net worth, in my opinion. Conversations equal conversions. I say this all the time. And you and I have been yabbing away for 30 minutes. We've never met each other. And we're like, shit, we better press record and start actually. But that's the beauty about it is you and I actually have so many mutual friends. Steph Taylor connected us. But then we found out that you also know James Shremko, who used to be one of my coaches. John, who owns TEDx Pro, the same platform that I utilize for my membership. And I'm like, damn, what a small world. And now here we are, being able to talk tonight about how to start and grow a profitable membership. So again, I cannot emphasize enough the importance to those listeners, even in COVID, you can still start growing your network through video and online presence. How important do you think networking is for you, um, Rye? Oh my gosh, it's huge. Do you know what I realize? The older I get, the more I look back and, you know, Steve Jobs says, it's only by looking back, can you connect the dots? And I've I realize that now and I look back and I look at actually where my successes have come from and not just my successes, my fun, like for a big part of me, business has got to be fun. Otherwise I'm not doing it because what's the point? I go get a job <laughs> yes. and it's all connections. It's all people. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I recorded a podcast with Steph and we had so much fun mm-hmm. before the call, after the call that we now speak as well. And it's like, that connection is there now and we have fun we brainstorm about business and some of my best friends have come from networking and building those relationships and giving value to other people and getting value back so I cannot emphasize enough to talk to people it's where everything happens it's where business happens it's where life happens it's just talk to people I think that you enter you said something interesting there about giving value I just had a mini rant on my Instagram uh, stories the other day because I'm seeing a lot of people and the analogy I always use, it's like, hi, Ange, how are you? Um, I just wanted to offer you this or can you do this for me? Or can you do that for me? I'm like, hold on a minute. You're basically asking me for sex without like dating me. You don't know me. You don't know anything, but it happens. So I don't know who the hell out there is teaching this marketing tactic, but it's super, super sleazy as far as I'm concerned in many ways. And so it's about relationships is about value add. And to me, it's like you don't necessarily just start a relationship to say, I'm going to build this relationship so I can eventually get something from them. It's like you still have to be an element of human there. But it is, it's like if you build relationships with people, you eventually will be able to withdraw. And it's like a bank account is what I've talked about on the podcast before is, is you can you can only take out what you put in. You can't go to the bank and ask for $100 million if you've only got $10,000 in there. And it's the same thing with relationships. You can't go and take and ask for all these favors if you haven't been giving back. So just be mindful. I know we're here to talk about how to start and grow a profitable membership, but these are the beauty of podcasts is you can just have these conversations and keep dropping the seeds for you guys. Good friend of mine, Jordan Harbinger over in the US, he used to have a podcast with some other buddies called The Art of Charm. And things went a little bit sour with that. And so he went out on his own. Uh, he now has the Jordan Harbinger show, which is absolutely I mean, one of the best podcasts around. But he was able to survive off the back of that and go on his personal brand and everything like that because he called on all of those relationships. 
but he put into those relationships for years and years and years and did not ask for anything. So when shit started to go down, he just pulled on his network and he didn't mean continued. He's killing it probably more now than he ever did with the art of charm. Right. So it's interesting. You know what I mean? What happens? So before we start talking about memberships, because let's be honest, it's a hot topic at the moment, these memberships, you know, but there is a lot of false information on the market about membership so i'm glad you're here today to clear up some of the air on that but before we get started i always like to ask a fun question so that my listeners get to know you a little bit more and i may have done the mini stock like i do with all of my guests and i found a post from 2015 where you had posted these nutella protein donuts and I, you might not remember, but it was protein donuts. And it may not have been you that posted it. It could be in your wife. But there's these four protein donuts. There's Nutella. I don't know how healthy they were, though I think you were trying to allude that they were healthy because they had protein in them. There's Nutella all smeared on the top. The thing is, is you might not know, but actually people send me jars of Nutella and Nutella hoodies and Nutella like you name it, I've got like Nutella collections because I love it that much. So not too sure if you actually like Nutella as much as this post said, but my question to you is, is what is your all-time favorite Nutella product? Oh, God, that is a really good question. Do you know what? My all-time favorite Nutella product is just the Nutella. Like, with a, <laughs> Oh, with we a could be BFFs after this because I'm the same. Yeah. Just give me that shit from the jar and we're good. Yeah, give me yeah, give me it from the jar with a spoon, and I am like so good. Oh my god, yeah, so yep. good. Just the jar, just give me the jar. Just give me the jar. Now, I also know the other thing that I picked up on is it appears that you love golfing. Would I be correct in this? Yes, you would. I love yes. the golf. And so yes. my favorite. Now, this might not be applicable to some, but some, similar to when I had James Shremko on the podcast, I said, "What is the ultimate surfing spot?" So my question to you is, "What is the?" My other second question, a fun question, is, "What is the ultimate golf course that you've ever been on?" Oh man! So the ultimate golf course that I've ever been on and not played is Pebble Beach in okay. California, and that's like there's like an eighteen month waiting list. It's like oh, wow. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went on honeymoon to California as a road trip in September, just gone. And we went to Pebble Beach and they have like a whole attraction center and bits and bobs there. And it's like a five mile drive. It was amazing. That's the one I've been on and not played. The one I've played is my favorite golf course, Woodall Spa. So about 30, 40 minutes away from me is the home of England golf. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got the Woodall Spa Golf Course, and it is absolutely immaculate. It didn't look as immaculate after I'd probably hacked around, <laughs> um, to be honest. So, yeah, that's the best one I've played on, and the best one I've seen is Pebble Beach. All right. Wow. See, there's always something new. One of my one-to-one clients, she is a golfer, so I'll have to remind her to listen to this episode. But, yes, cool. So now that we've got both of us love Nutella from the jar. Favorite golf course that you've seen but not played on is out in Pebble Beach, she said. And in England is where you've played and you love it. Let's yes. start talking about memberships. But you just didn't start business as working specifically around memberships. So let's kind of rewind a little bit and tell the listeners and I a little bit about your business journey. Where did you start and where are you now? <laughs> oh, man. So I always, yeah, I've had a crazy business journey. Um, I was that. Like most people listening, I was that entrepreneurial kid. You know, I would be buying and selling stuff as a child um, just because I just really enjoyed it. I don't know where it came from. Um, And that manifested all the way through my life. 
Um, so when I, I went away to university, I studied physiotherapy and um, I was selling makeup at university uh-huh. because um, there was more girls than guys at my university and I've never struggled talking to anybody. Uh, I've never struggled selling. So it just made sense for me to sell makeup. So I sold makeup and all my friends sort of took the mick a little bit uh, until they saw me on campus and having like 20, 30 girls come up to me to to buy makeup from me. And they were like, you are a genius, Ryan. But it genuinely wasn't because of that. It was like, I need to make money. My uni schedule was like 40 hours a week in yep. in in actual lessons. So I was like, I've got to make some money. Um, and then they sent me out to work in hospitals every six weeks for like 40 hours a week as well. So I couldn't have a sort of proper job. So I, I sold makeup. Um, and I also traded on the Betfair exchange. Um, so I was noticing that Betfair was like a, a stock market effectively, but instead of investing in aff- in companies, you could effectively invest in athletes and teams and stuff. So I was using that and making some good money there. And then um, in my last year of university, my dad got ill and he had a window cleaning business. It was a family business and he literally built this business from scratch and dragged me out of bed when I was 13 on a Saturday morning, freezing cold because... <laughs> In his words, you're tall enough to reach the windows. Because I was like six foot at at like 12. I was a freak (laughs) of nature. I had this voice, a beard, and six foot at like 12. It was crazy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. You come back from school after summer and all the other lads are like, do you have a good summer? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I sounded like a bloke. It was crazy. And then, um, so he wasn't very well, so... I stepped in and ran his business and just realized that I absolutely loved it. I found it easy. And it's funny that we mentioned connections and network. The network and the people bit was what made it easy for me. I could instantly connect with people. I instantly was liked. I instantly could develop relationships with people. And that's what grew the business um, massively. Then my dad came back and was like, what have you done? (laughs) What have have you done? He literally sold half the business that afternoon. Um, But he, there was quite a few commercial contracts that we'd got that were based on relationships. And he said to me, Ryan, you got them. I'm going to keep them. We're going to honor them. So I'm going to keep you on if you want to stay on Mm -hmm. um, to honor those contracts. So we did. But at this point, I was like, I want to do my own thing. Um, So I honored those contracts and carried on working with my dad for a couple of hours a day. Um, But then I created a membership because I was getting people to talk to me about Betfair. And they were like, Ryan, what you're telling us is great, but we're not going to actually do that. Like, we're not going to do what you're doing. And we're not really sure whether we actually want to learn how you're doing it. We just want you to send us those selections every day. And I was like, Mm, what there's a business in that Uh, okay so I just was like okay I'll send you a PayPal link you pay me 15 pound a month and I'll add you on an email list and I'll email you every morning and that was my first sort of foray into the membership world I didn't even know it was a thing Um, and then I've got (laughs) really I know I've got a really obsessive personality so I was like I've got to find out more about this and then I was like I was like a kid in a sweet shop. It was like, it was like someone had opened a jar of Nutella and peanut butter in front of me and gone, knock yourself out, kid. They're all yours. And I'm like, oh, what? So I just realized I, I was like, yeah, I was like, I am in now. Give me that spoon. 
I just realized I absolutely loved it. So I just built upon my skills and I built upon the memberships. And then I took that membership and I just scaled it and scaled it. And then I got into property because I was like, well, I've got, I've got additional income and I don't know how long this Betfair thing is going to last for. So I need to, to put some money into property. So then I started putting money into property and then I started scaling up the property and the membership at the same time. And it was just amazing. Um, and then I ended up going, actually, what do I really like doing in life? And alongside like all of that, people had been coming to me, friends and going, Ryan, can you help us build a membership? Cause we see you've got one and we want to replicate that. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, cool. Let's do it. Like I'm entrepreneurial. I absolutely love that. That is like really fun for me. It scratches that entrepreneurial itch of, you know, all that shiny object. It's like, I can help you build that. I can help you get that going and get it to a point where you want. And that is really beneficial for you and me. Mm-hmm. And, and then I was like, actually, Ryan, that is what you should do because you absolutely love it. So right now that is where I am. I help people with their memberships. And then I also still have the Betfair membership because I think that's really, that's really crucial for me. If I've got a living, breathing membership, then if I test something in there, I'm testing it with my money. I'm testing it with my ideas. If it works, great. And if it doesn't, then that's on my own coin. So if I can give you an example of something. In yeah, Roman, absolutely. 100%. Then it's like, that's great. So I've, and I've done that, you know, I've done, I've done a membership with people in like photography and it just didn't work, just didn't work, but that was on my money. Um, so yeah, that's sort of in a nutshell where we are and um, where I'm at. Dude, fantastic. And I also think it's a good thing that you talk about that you still have the betting membership and then obviously how to, you teach people how to do the memberships because also you've got, you're diversifying with different income streams. And I talk often with people, especially again with the last year with COVID and everything, it is so important that you've got, in my opinion, multiple money streams coming in from either different product lines that you have or different ways. When I know that I had Finley in me, which is my first business, it was an e-com platform. We had about 1400 different products at one stage. Um, But then I started writing. I became one of Australia's leading parenting bloggers. I was signed with Netflix uh, as one of their top 30 bloggers here in Australia and New Zealand. And, you know, a variety of like other big, say, Hilton chains, things like that. But what that meant, though, is, is if I had a bad month with the e-com side of things, that I still had this other rich, do you know what I mean, uh, income stream coming in because of the influencer marketing that I was doing. So it was like you never I, I never really felt pressured that it was one or the other. Does that make sense? And so for yeah. me, is it's like the more you can look at diversifying, I think better. Now, I also want to talk about not necessarily more as in. I've got a couple of people that I'm working with at the moment where they think more means you have to have more products, right? And they've got this thing where it's like, I'm going to start this this weekend. You're going to start this week, this thing changes. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like the power yeah. of one. Do one yeah. thing really well after you understand what your ROI is going to be, where your audience is going to be, et cetera. And once we kind of have that rhythm down, let's look at something else. But there's yeah. something about focusing on one and really nurturing that. And that's what I've done with my own business. As I started with one-to-one consulting, then I moved into my group coaching program, got that up and going. And it wasn't until those two were kind of like rocking and rolling that then I brought on my mastermind that I run now. So it's like little pieces. The puzzle doesn't have to all fit at one time. And I think so many people are trying 
trying to do that right now. So I just love that, again, you've got those two different income streams. And so for people that are out there, you know, it's a great opportunity to be looking at potentially how to start and grow a profitable membership. Great segue in there, Angela, um, about that, because a membership model within your overall business strategy could be something that A, could be fun, uh, but B, could also be exceptionally profitable if done correctly. And I say if done correctly, because there's a lot of things we're going to break down today about how you test if a membership model is correct. Again, I think there's people out there that think membership models are super easy and they're going to be millionaires overnight. Again, that might happen for some people if they've got a really great audience email list and can uh, got money to back them, but it not, most businesses don't. And from what I've seen, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong later on. But let's just start with the basics. Um, this podcast is, is really about making sure that we understand, understand the primary foundations that we're building on. So We've used, the mem- we've used the word membership model quite regularly already throughout the podcast ride, but I want to make sure that those listeners that are out there going, okay, you're, it's still a little bit of jargon to me. I'm not quite sure that what I'm thinking, what you're talking about is the same. Can you just start off by telling me what is a membership model? Yep. So a membership is where you pay somebody a set price every single month to have access to them or the product that they're giving you. So a couple of examples of that. Netflix is a membership model. You pay Netflix, like I pay $7.99 to have access to their content. It's a type of membership. Um, There's other types where you pay access to have access to a forum of like-minded people, or you might get trainings, or you might get coaching calls, something like that. They are types of membership. So it's like you're paying for content, you're paying for like to have your questions answered or you're just paying to have fun, like a gym membership, for example. Although that's not always fun, a gym membership, is it? Sometimes that hurts. But that, in effect, is a membership. You pay to have access to a product, to have help or to, to a service or content. For what would you say in the years that you've been doing this are the benefits of setting up a membership model for business within a business? Oh, great question. So the benefits are that you get recurring income. So you can actually build a business, sort of know roughly what's coming in every single month. And that's consistent. That comes every single month. Mm-hmm. And then the the other benefit is that it gives you freedom. Um, but then the benefit that you you don't know when you're first starting out about this is when you take your knowledge. So you you start a membership because you want recurring revenue, you want more freedom and you want to share your knowledge. But the benefit that they don't always, you don't always see or people don't always talk about is how it's going to make you feel. So one of the things I always say to people is when you're starting, I want you to go onto Google Drive or Dropbox or whatever you use and have a folder called praise folder. Mm -hmm. And every single time you see somebody say something good about you online, I want you to screenshot it and put it in that folder Mm -hmm. because that lights you up like in a way that you have absolutely no idea. When you get an email from somebody that's been working with you, they've been in your membership and they're like, Oh my God, Ryan, I I had one this last week. This lady sent me a message and she's like, Oh my God, Ryan, I have done my launch and oh my God, it's been amazing. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I think I'm going to sell a hundred in my opening, like open cart session where Mm -hmm. you've decided that you're going to keep the cart open for five days. That's all you're open for. And then you close it after that. She's going to, she's like, I think I'm going to sell a hundred because of your help. Mm -hmm. I floated through the Mm -hmm. whole day on that. I was like, oh my God, like the money is totally irrelevant. That 
is the main benefit, is how much impact you're going to have on people's lives. And that could be in any niche, in any industry and in any country. Because again, you are able to be the leader in whatever that looks like and help transform the lives of people, whatever that is that you're transforming and the outcome is that you're having to offer, right? And I think it's important to go back to, it's not just about the money that's tied. Obviously, yes, it's a benefit that you still have another income stream, that it's reoccurring revenue. But like you said earlier, is that you like to have fun. I think people forget that I talk a lot about human to human marketing and that it's the experience and interaction that one faces with a particular brand and that people forget about the essence of treating people like people. They forget that um, there's a human behind that transaction, right? And so when you talk about, yeah, it's not just about the financial. It is about that these are human beings' lives that you get to change because of the content or the program or whatever that part of your membership looks like. It is super powerful. But yet so often people are forgetting that piece because they're just looking for the next dollar. Have you seen that happen much for you? Not for you necessarily, but just in the space of membership? Yeah, so much. And I just say to people, like, you're not going to build a successful membership if you are only interested in the money. Because it's like, it's just not going to happen. People are going to see through you. Your churn rate where people buy and then leave is going to be so high. And you just don't want that. And I just don't get why you'd want to do that. You know, a lot of the people that come to me, they have a real interest in their industry or in their knowledge. And you're like, okay, great. That's amazing. So why would you not want to be around people then that are like you and have the same interests as you? Like it's crazy to just milk them for their money and then move on. And I think that if you, if you want to do that, then you are just going to be on the shortcut to, to not running a successful business long-term. If you want to build a long-term business, you've got to be about value. You've got to be about people. And you've, you've got to want those connections as well, because otherwise people will just see straight through you. I mean, it will totally, they just, and again, I often talk about this book. And again, I'm going to talk about it again, because I cannot emphasize enough about this book. And it's The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann. And I talk about it often when I'm doing speaking about the human to human, but because we're on the you know train, I guess you could say about this importance of treating your customers like customers especially in a membership it's especially for all of your business but today because we're talking about the membership but what they talk about is the five laws of stratospheric success and what they say is the law of value your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment they talk about the law of compensation your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them the law of influence your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first They then go on to talk about the law of authenticity. The most valuable gift you have is to offer yourself. And then they go on to say the law of receptivity. The key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. And in this, they talk about like a traditional sales process. And they talk about you typically have a prospect, you qualify, you present, you overcome objections, you close, you might follow up and you might provide some customer service. The way they describe it in the go-givers is that if you create value, you touch people's lives, you build networks, you continue to be real, you stay open, you inevitably will become profitable. And I share this, and it's one of the topics that I talk regularly about on other podcasts, because it's very counterintuitive. 
because all the other gurus are telling you to do the traditional, right? But if you genuinely lead with value and you touch people's lives and you remain open, it is going to be hard not to be profitable. Not only because it's just, that's just the way it goes and it shows, but also just from a karma and a universe perspective and people are not even super woo, but do you know what I mean? It's, there's something to be said, treat people like kind, you know, kindly and you're mm-hmm. going to, it's going to come back on you. So again, I really love the book, The Go-Givers. And I also think, you know, as I talk about in that presentation is, you know, most recent studies have concluded that your customers are human, you know, <laughs> and again, if you just stay true to that, they're human behind that transaction, so much more can come from that. So, right. So membership, we've talked about the membership model. We've got a clear understanding about that. You did mention on something that I want to do talk just briefly about is churn. Churn is a key jargon word used in the membership area, right? Can you just give it, I know you slightly talked about the definition of it, but can you talk, just redefine that definition of churn? And I also want to talk about what's the standard churn rate that you see? And is it dependent on particular membership models or do you see kind of a standard churn across the board? Yeah. So churn is basically the amount of people that you will lose every single month to keep it really simple. So if you've got a hundred members and you lost seven that month, then you've got a churn rate of 7%. So mm-hmm. you've got seven, seven members. So you can work that out and then you can try and reduce that and, and go there. So just keep it really, really simple. Like that is the amount of members that you lose every single month on average. Yep. Um, so the when it comes to churn rate, I haven't really ever focused on different industries, different niches as a standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I just found that it really does depend dependent on who the person is, what they're doing inside of their membership. And there's so many other factors to that can basically skew that statistic. You might have three memberships in the educational space. One might be overwhelming their members. The other two might not be. And then that one that's overwhelming its members is sort of increasing the churn rate over the um, over the industry. So what I try and do with with my clients is get to their data and actually just try and better their data. So then they're competing with themselves instead of the industry. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, what my, uh, my churn rate for my, my betting website is 7%. And I, <laughs> I spoke to Frank Kern on that and he was like, what? I was like, yeah, 7%. He's like, why are you even worried? He's like, dude, I'm at 20% and I'm happy. He's like, why are you even worried at mm-hmm. seven? And I'm like, because I want to provide the most value and I don't want to lose people. Right. It's like, you are always going to lose people. Just remember that, dude. You are always, always, always going to lose people. So focus on getting it better and just keep your churn as low as, as possible for you and, and then go from there. And I was like, oh, right. Okay, so hopefully that answers your question. Absolutely. So I just want them because, again, if they're like, oh, churn. But, again, it's inevitable, you know, you are going to lose people, you know, with a membership model. Now, before businesses, so we might have some people out there going, okay, yeah, I probably need to diversify my income. I'm ready. I've already done the power of one. I've either got my one-to-one going or I've got X, Y, and Z going. And I would actually like to move to a one-to-many model so I don't have to, you mean, exchange time for money and, you know, all of that be a bit more efficient. Before businesses jump into a membership model, though, what are some of the things that they should validate beforehand to assess if the model is right for them? Oh, yes. Great question. So they should validate, firstly, whether their current customers, their current clients actually want that. Like, what is the next step 
for those clients? What do they actually want and what do they need? And you get that by asking them. So go to your audience and say, hey, I'm thinking about putting together a, a small membership or a membership and I'm thinking about giving you X, Y, and Z. What would actually benefit you going forward? What more do you want from me? Because people always want more from people, especially if they've got results. So it's like your clients, Angela, will go, oh my God, I just want more from you. And you go, okay, yeah, but there's, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. If I'm working one-on-one with you, then I don't know how I'm going to, how I'm going to give you more of my time. Then a membership can help. And they might go, oh, I just want templates, for example. So, you know, I've, I've been working with you for a year now and I'm doing really, really well, but this is where I'm falling down on my business. I know this is where you're really, really good at. So can you help me there? So the first thing that I would do is go to your audience and ask them what more they want from you. Um, And they will tell you, like people love, people people are fundamentally motivated by their own self-interest. So they will tell you what they want. And then just, just work with somebody who knows about memberships to put that into a membership model. It could look however you want it to look. It's your membership. Your clients are asking for it like that. Do it like that. Now, you've mentioned, though, there is ask your current clients. Yep. Now, there's a particular person, I'm not going to name names, who does a fairly big launch every year about course creation. And the B that I have in my bonnet about this is that they're selling that you're going to be able to get your course up and going, right? Not a problem. Yeah. So it could be similar with the membership model, right? It could be similar with anything, one-to-one, whatever. But here's the thing. Even before these people go and ask their current clients, what if they don't have clients? Because the memberships that I've seen work exceptionally well already have some form of an audience. I'm not necessarily saying huge numbers, but they've got someone to do mean pitch to. And here's the thing, I'm not saying not start a course or not start a membership, but you have to have an audience in order to be able to sell to, or you've got to be able to have funding to be able to put to ads, to be able to do mean put that through a funnel in order to get people into the membership. So how important do you think it is that audience plays a big part of even in this kind of, you know, assessing and validating beforehand if the model is right for them? Yes, I'm so glad you asked this. Yes, yes, yes. Because I also think, you know, I do not ever tell people you're going to launch a membership and make loads and loads of money overnight and sell loads of your membership or your courses. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So let's break it down. Let's, let's actually break it down of how you can do it. So say you've got absolutely no audience. So if you've got no audience, have you got any money to build an audience? Like, have you got money to spend on Facebook ads? on youtube ads on google ads all of that stuff if you have great you can test your lead magnet you can test your opt-in and start building your email list and when we say lead magnet we mean giving something away for free of value in exchange for an email address now if you've got money to do that great you can test and you can try and find out what works but what you need to do before that and if you've got no money then this is great is you need to actually find out what's what that person, what the industry, what the industry you're going into, what their problem is. So you need to do some research. And what I I love to do this, I'm like next level stalker, is I try and become the avatar. I try and become the customer that I'm trying to help. So I try and see the world through their eyes. 
So I go into Facebook groups, I go into to watch YouTube videos, and I I just add everything to spreadsheets, Evernote. So I will go in, what are the main questions that people are asking time and time again? What are the answers? What how are people actually getting help? What are they finding value in? And I will just start building out this picture and just add this into my Evernote, into a spreadsheet. I will ask answer, I will add all of the questions to a spreadsheet. I'll start bucketing them into topics. So for example, when I started going into the, the more helping people with their memberships, I went into every single Facebook group that there was, every YouTube, I listened to every podcast and I was crazy. I was like a man possessed. <laughs> and it, it's just like, it's my personality. Um, and I started to see buckets of things like people struggled to create content. Okay, why do they struggle to create content? Well, break, down, break that down, why? And then the questions that they ask. So you're going to have like these topics that you're going to keep seeing time and time and time and time again. And then you're going to see that these questions that fall under those topics. So for memberships, it's like tech. Oh, I don't know how to create a PayPal button. I don't know which is the best tech to use and blah, 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 blah. But what you've got to do then is actually break that down of why that person is spending that time. Like why are people spending three months deciding on what tech well, it's actually because they're scared that if they do something and fail, then that's going to be a failure. But getting back to the point, you can then have a conversation with those human beings because that's what it's all about. We spoke about at the front of this, of this podcast that you know relationships were key. So if you're wanting to get a membership or a business off the ground, talk to people. So mm-hmm. what I started to do is I started to reply to those those questions in those groups, on those YouTubes, on those Instagrams, on those tweets, wherever the audience was hanging out, you know, you don't have to be across all of the social medias, just pick the one that your audience is hanging out on, and then the one that you can best get results on. So try Facebook, okay, if you're getting nothing, no interaction, nobody's adding you as a friend, then great. Okay. Try Twitter, try Instagram, try whichever one you get the most return on engagement on. And it is going to be a grind. Like I'm not going to lie. I'm all about real. This is going to be work. It is going to hurt some days, but that is how you build the audience. When you've got absolutely no audience and no money, you have to interact with people and then help that person provide value for that one person. And then guess what will happen? That one person will love you. You're changing their life. They'll tell somebody else and somebody else and somebody else and somebody else and somebody else. And then you will be able to actually build a membership. And if you do do this and you launch your first membership and you get two members, you've got to show up. I don't care if you're only charging them $14.99 a month. You're getting £30 a month to help those two people. You promised to help those people show up. Give Mm -hmm. them absolutely everything you've got as if there was 300 or 3,000 people in your membership. It doesn't matter. If you've got one or 10,000 people in your membership, show up exactly the same. No, fantastic. And that's why I just think it's so important because I get on discovery calls with women in business and they're just like they're looking for the quick fix. And I'm like, hold on a minute, because I mean, in firm, in my opinion, it's not just about memberships. It's about 
how does this integrate into your overall business strategy? Do you have the foundational elements to build on? I call my profit pillars, right? Because I believe a solid business collectively, uh, the analogy I use often is it's like the three little pigs. Either they've got a business made out of hay, a business made out of straw, or I prefer to make businesses out of bricks. So even if you have a bad month or COVID comes, your business is still going to be structurally there. And that's why, again, by building these foundations, when you build the membership on top, do you know what I mean? Or integrate it, however you want to, or, you know, beside it, whatever you want to look, say it, is that again, it becomes even more powerful. But again, it's to me as audience is key, right? Yeah. Is that it comes down to a numbers game. I know most course creators, when they launch, it's like 1% conversion if they're lucky, 2% maybe, right? And so it's like, again, if you want 10 people in your member, in your course, you need a thousand people of an audience. Now, I'm not just talking about email list. I'm talking audience because I think people get confused about just email list. I'm saying collectively, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. How many people do you have to market this to? And so again, memberships. Now, another thing that I learned from Chris Ducker, uh, a UK entrepreneur, and obviously Shremko, James uh, here in Australia, was that if you also don't have an audience, that what you can do is you can put your sales page up before you build the product out. And so you can be doing this like organic search or, you know, connecting with people, starting to sell it before you actually have it built out. Um, And also some of the things that I talked to my own clients about is, do you remember back in the day? I mean, they still have it, but it'd be like 1030, 11 o'clock at night. And they have those infrared kind of commercials like buy this now for $39.95. You'll get this something for free or whatever. It's sales closing in 10 minutes, whatever. But at the very fine print, it would say, this product will not be shipped for six to eight weeks. And the reason why was that people were validating their product at that spot, do you know what I mean? To see if they then went to the next phase of executing and building it completely. And so to me, I relate that similar to I do courses or to memberships is that you can still validate your product by what we've just talked about, but also sending up a sales page. Because here's the thing is if you drive traffic to a good sales page that has great copy, great call to actions, hits their pain points, but equally hits their objections to why they're going to want to join is, and if you're like, hey, membership opens, you know, time of recording it's September, but membership opens December, join now. If you get 10, 20 people already on there, I mean, just make the freaking program. Do you know what I mean? Like make the membership. And so how, how important, or have you seen that tactic used before where again, create the sales page first before you build the product? Yeah, I've done it. So it's one of the things that I am like really hot on. Um, and we, we still do it. So I did it very recently in the, in the Betfair membership. We, we were getting people saying, I just need, I need a course. Like I need a start front to back. Like I absolutely love your, your membership, but is there a course that you could create that I could go through that would complement your membership? And it was like, we've, we've got so much content inside of that membership that we could put it into a course, but how do we know? Like, because it's like me and you, me and you could absolutely jam out on marketing on digital on all of that stuff but that wouldn't that's great for me and you and maybe other people are level but for for the like the normal person they're just like whoa that is way over my head so yep. what we did was we said um we got this hypothesis together so we created a google doc and we put together what we thought the audience would want and that effectively became the sales page but we went to our we went to our audience and we said 
hey, we are, we've been working on this course that a couple of you have asked for. Could we please get some feedback on it? Because we want to make it as perfect as possible. And just to let you know, this course isn't launching for a good few weeks or months yet because we're just in the, like, the data collection phase. And then we sent them the, the, like, the sales page. And then we said, okay, so what was the main thing that made you want to buy this course? What was the one bonus module that we could have added that would have made you want to buy the course? What result did you think you was going to get from the course? And do you have any questions? And then we went deep. I mean, like seriously deep on the replies. Like even if you get one person to reply to that, you are going to get so much amazing feedback. And that's what we did. We went so deep on those replies. We replied, I personally replied to every single person that replied to those emails and just found out more and more and more. We was just digging and it was just gold that was coming out. And then that meant that when we actually launched this product, we got sales. We didn't need to worry about building something and then putting it out there and then hearing those crickets and not getting any sales we built something that the the audience want which let's be honest is like you know people always say oh yeah but i feel wrong having not having the product ready because you're, you're sort of lying to your audience no you you tell them that it's it's going to be coming out soon but wouldn't you re- wouldn't you just really be feel so much better giving them something they want that actually going to provide value than selling them something that isn't but I also think it's not only about providing them value, but the time and energy you're putting into creating something that they might not want, and then you oh don't gosh. sell it, and now you have to go back and get a nine-to-five job. Yeah. Like, it, I'm just, it's like, I think it's a double-edged sword, right? Like, I think it's equally yeah. about, again, adding value to people's lives first. But at the end of the day, we're not in this either for shits and giggles. We still want to make money. So it's yeah. just like, it's, again, ask them what they want. I know with my mastermind, the Action Takers mastermind last year, when people were asking for it, they're like, listen, I don't really want one-to-one. And I've got a group coaching program called Profit Pillars. Now, it's very similar to a membership, but I call it group coaching program because when we surveyed the audience, they resonated more my women did as a group coaching program than a membership so that's how like it's worked so for us as they get one guest speaker a month there's content in there um they get two hot seat calls a month do you know what i mean for a set amount of price uh it's a 12 month thing you know that's how we go and they've got a private facebook group etc so um similar but again when we were testing membership the the women are like, I don't understand. I said, oh, group coaching. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. So that's how it worked again. But again, we asked the audience what language, do you know what I mean, felt better for them versus what I thought they needed. So, you know, I, I just think it's so important to have those conversations. And here's the other thing, though, I say is, you know, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I don't know, for those that went to university, we always would have the syllabus is what I was, I know in the mass, whereas you would get the lay of the land for what you would need to do for that particular course you would have the dates that your assignments were due and I always remember getting mine and going I'm just going to get all of this shit done now and then I'm going to enjoy the next four or five months but the thing was is I was still drunk handing my assignment in two minutes before it was due and when I use this analogy with the women that I work with I'm like and they're like, yeah, it always got done. That's how I feel about a membership in a course too. Now, I'm not saying that you don't want forward planning, but for those first kind of modules or those first kind of months of a membership, right? Is that I'm like, you're going to get, you will, you will always get it done. Yeah. Always. 
get it done. So I'm like, don't let that too many women, I, again, because I work with women are like, if I don't have the entire membership model for the whole year mapped out, it's not good. And I'm not going to do it. Fuck that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? My action takers mastermind last year, literally I sent an email to people saying, people are asking for this. Do you want it? I'm going to open up to 10 spots only. I think we got eight or nine in there. No, seven, sorry, seven that particular round. Then I went, got a validated it then people are like i want in i'm like it's already closed now launched at this time sold out and so but again it's like i had no fancy sales page at the beginning all i did was go back re-ask the audience once people started asking sent out an email promoted it in my group sold out done so again i just think people overcomplicate the process i think yeah. people think they have to have all their ducks in a row but some of the best innovation and some of the best entrepreneurs i know that have dynamine are killing it have basically um emma isaac from business chicks it's like they wing it sometimes and then you kind of figure it out along the way i'm not minimizing any business strategy but again sometimes innovation needs to trump for a little while so anyways i could talk more and more about that but Memberships, I think they are an important or can be an important part of a business model as a business collectively, as an arm of the business. But again, as we talked about, there's some things that you're going to have to consider to see whether or not this is a right option for you and your business. Because um, again, how hard do you think it is to get the memberships up and going? Like once people are flowing, Yes, you've just got churn and it just kind of comes and goes, right? But how hard do you think it is in that initial stage? Oh, I'll be honest. I think it's really hard. Yeah. I think it, and most people are struggling with like internal beliefs to start with. Like, okay, so am I even good enough? Are people going to listen to me? What happens if people don't? And all those stresses. And I'm just like, yeah, but that like stress is boring. You know, stress never changes. It's the same thing every single day. If you're thinking am I good enough? You think that every single day. And right now, if you're planning your membership, then you're not making any money. So what happens if you launch it and you don't make any money? Well, nothing, but you've actually launched it. You've actually now got something that you can sell. So I think it's really, really difficult to, to actually get started. And, and when you do, it's just that weight is lifted. And I pick up on what you said. Uh, you said there about just, you don't have to have a whole year planned out. It's going to change. I, it, it needs to be fluid. And it, and I think we, we live in a world where it's got to be fluid. Imagine just like going back a few months now. Nobody knew that COVID was going to happen. So imagine if you had your 12-month plan for your content, for your membership, and then April and March happened. And you're like, oh, yeah. Okay, so it's the people that are fluid and are and follow that innovation that that make the most money and also give the most value and serve their audience the best. So I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put too much emphasis on, oh my God, it's got to be planned out for the next year. Mm -hmm. I would have a direction in which you want to go in and then realize, okay, the path might change. And do you with memberships, what are the cost points you see people charging for certain? First of all, let's talk about can you give me three examples of memberships that you see that are doing really, really well? And what are their monthly, do you know what I mean? What are they charging per month? Yeah. So three examples that I see are doing really, really well. Um, I've got one lady, it's a client, and she's doing a sort of social media campaign, um, teaching people how to build their brand on social media and get at least one lead. That's in the property space. She is doing so well, like so so, so well. She started out with a course 
and then realize actually these people want more help from me. So they want more help from me. And she's charging $29.99 a month. It's doing really, really well. She's got loads of people on her membership. So that's one example that's doing really, really well. Another example of one doing well is a dog training membership. So a lady came to me and she's like, um, so I have had really, really good results with my dog and all of my friends say, you had a troublesome dog. How did you, how did you do it? Mm-hmm. She was like, well, I got obsessive about it. Like I read the internet on dog training. So I really, really niched down. Now she's got a lower price point. She's charging $9.99 a month, but has hundreds and I mean hundreds of members inside of that membership Mm -hmm. she's doing really really well so that's another example we've got like your traditional teaching people about social media marketing all of that kind of stuff and then you've got this lady who's helping people train their dogs Mm -hmm. and it's just like wow okay and then another one that I didn't actually help the lady with but I saw this membership and I was like that's really like that's mega exciting and she has a group it's on facebook but people pay to be in that she's got like three thousand members in this group they pay 4.99 a month and it's just her like it's just a place she finds people that are interested in the same things that she's interested in so she's interested in movies and she's interested in beauty and she's interested in all these things and she just she just chats about them. Like they just have like girly meetups and chat live about those topics. Mm-hmm. And that, that's like, you never, who, like how many people would actually believe that if you just had a chat with somebody that, that thousands of people would pay to be part of that, mm-hmm. but they, they do. And that's because of humans. We want to be around other people. We are social animals. So, there's like three really good examples of memberships that like I could just, there's a guy who asked me about, he's, he's launching a membership on training cats. I'm like, dude, I'm just going to tell you, you've got an uphill battle right now because training a cat, like I just don't just really don't know if that is actually going to work. Yeah, that worked. He's got people, he's got people paying him because they're interested in cats Mm-hmm. And they, he's having, he's now blending his membership away from cat training to other cat related activities. And you're just like, yeah, I don't think there's going to be ever in a niche that I'm going to say, nah, that's not going to work because I think having a go, finding the niche, finding what doesn't, doesn't work. And then moving from there is the story of online business. And I think again, it comes back to community and networking and treating people like humans. Mm. There's a big disconnect in the world that we live in. And so people want to have a sense of belonging, a place of being heard, a place of feeling connected to something bigger, right? And sometimes so many people are worried about the content that they forget about community. Whereas I worry about community more often than sometimes when I do content, because I believe people are there for community. The content's a bonus, because yes. again, if you look at open rates, do you know what I mean? At content and how many people are downloading this and how many actually people do it. Do you know what I mean? It's there. Don't get me wrong. And people still do it, but it's the people who are showing up daily for those conversations, those dialogues, the interaction, right? Um, yeah. Again, I don't know. I believe community trumps, right? So again, don't worry so much about, I mean, the content's still good, but I think community is still better. So, yeah. Now, listen, we could talk forever. I try not to go over the hour mark here on the podcast because, again, and easily we're about to push that here. So for those listeners that are like, shit, I, you know, 
never heard about this membership model or I'm doing this membership model and maybe actually some of the things you guys talked about I'm not doing as well. Where can people find you, Rye? So they can find me on Facebook. If they just search for Ryan Carruthers, they'll see a picture of me with my wife. Um, So then they can add me as a friend, see me on there. You'll find links to my group and all that kind of stuff. And if you are like really, really wanting to do a membership, I've got free launch training. So if you go to themembershipmastery.com forward slash launch, then there's free training there. There's like a whole free course on how to launch your membership. And that's the best place to get me. Dude, fantastic. Well, thanks so much. But before we wrap up, I've got one final question. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started off in business? Oh, God. What do I know now that I wish? It's people. It's that people make everything. They make they make life better. They make business better. They just make everything better. Why would you not want to interact with people? The more you interact with people, the more fun you have, the more business you do, and the better your life becomes. Love the answer. Love it, love it, love it. So thanks again, Rye, for being here today. I really appreciate that. And before we sign off, just a reminder that my team and I will be also putting together the show notes for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And we'll make sure to include all the links on where you can find Rye in the show notes so you've got easy access to that. And as I mentioned earlier, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to share it or a clip what your key takeaway was uh, by doing an Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag me at Angela Henderson Consulting. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and or leave a review. I would also equally appreciate that. And for the rest of you, I hope you have a beautiful day no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me again next week for another amazing episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Thanks again, Rye, and have a great day. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, www.angelahenderson.com.au.